Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. I'm Katie. Thanks for being here. So before I begin, you might hear some bird chirping in the background. Um, Can you hear that? (laughs) Currently, there is a very, very loud and talkative bird right outside my window and (laughs) it's not stopping but I really wanted to record this so hopefully it's not too distracting. It's just nice little bird chirps in the background. (laughs) So today's story for this mini-sode comes from Amanda. Thank you for sending this in, Amanda. She writes, I didn't really have the easiest life as a child. There were three kids in my family. I was the youngest. I have an older brother who was the middle child and an older sister. My parents divorced when I was eight years old after 24 years of marriage. My parents both converted to Mormonism before I was born. My mom is easily brainwashed and throughout my life had a history of joining cults. This was the one that stuck. My dad, on the other hand, is a free spirit. He was active for about five years and then went back to drinking and smoking weed. Both are still very important to him to this day. When I was eight years old, my parents divorced because my dad had an affair. He was unwilling to repent and was excommunicated. The weird thing about that is still to this day, my dad defends the church and believes that it's true even though he doesn't follow any of it. You know, that's so strange. I've encountered people like that as well that aren't active or... They clearly, in their actions and their daily life, don't live as though the church is true, but then they defend it when you say something about it. I, uh, The mental gymnastics or maybe just lack of really critically thinking about it is astounding to me, but I know what you mean. I know people like that too. Okay, back to the letter. It was difficult growing up Mormon coming from a quote-unquote broken home. I was always considered an outcast. I was grouped with the other outcasts, but they were the ones doing drugs and having sex. I didn't fit in with them either because I didn't want to do those things. I grew up in a very small town. The church had cliques and I was never a part of them. They would have outings, double dates, etc., and I was never invited. Still to this day, these people will not add me on any social media platforms. Wow. If you don't fit in the bubble, you don't belong. The sad thing was that I was a child, and all it did was further my self-esteem issues. Another thing was that I followed all the rules and was basically stereotyped because of my parents' drama. That sucks. I was taught in church regularly that I was to get married and have kids at a young age, and education was out of the question. I also questioned the church, but I just wanted to fit in and belong, so I kept trying and just assumed that as I grew up, someone would marry me in the temple and I would have children, but that never happened. Throughout high school, I would try to date Mormon guys, but they never liked me. I was definitely a free spirit. I dyed my hair different colors, and apparently that makes me bad. Okay, so quick little story here. I, ugh, I relate so hard, so I went through a period for it was maybe two or three years where I dyed my hair basically any color you could think of like neon green pink blue rainbow colors all over and when I first did it my 
Mormon, <laughs> my conservative members of my Mormon family were so against it. Like it was this really big deal. Um, almost as if I was breaking some kind of commandment <laughs> and they very much did not like my hair when it was colored and they said so. <laughs> so I understand, you know, when you're outside of Mormonism, nowadays I see someone with really cool colored hair or cool cool hairstyle. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that looks great. But from a Mormon's eyes, it's like so scary and looks like they're sinning, you know? It's just, it's so funny and interesting how that perspective changes so much when you leave a religion. Um, anyways, okay, back to the letter. I followed all the rules, never drank, no sex, etc. But still, I was never good enough. I attended seminary and had no Mormon friends. They would all carpool together and I was never invited. I remember I would go to church outings and one of them in particular was at the river. My bathing suit showed maybe an inch of my stomach and I was shamed in front of everyone. And I still kept going faithfully. Oh, I am um, one time for a youth outing. I think it was even youth conference one summer. I wore a bathing suit and for something we did at the river, I can't remember exactly what it was. And then I had these little shorts that I put on over to be, I guess, a little bit more modest or whatever. Like they were like board shorts. And after the event, we sat at picnic tables and we were having some kind of treats or food. And I still had my swim my one piece swimsuit on with my board shorts and i got in so much trouble from my leaders because my shorts were too short <laughs> because they weren't down to my knees even though i was being extra modest with a one piece and shorts on over i got in a lot of trouble so i can only imagine what one a little bit of stomach oh oh the horror how dare you um and I just, I keep thinking about how this is so crazy, how you were so outcasted and they were so mean to you because of your parents' divorce that you had no control over and how that's such a taboo thing in Mormonism and in Mormon culture. It's just gross. Ugh. Okay. Now, I wasn't perfect. I did date some non-members and members. They were really all the same, though. I remember going out with a member, and we ended up making out, and he felt me up a little bit, then ejaculated all over my car. Oh, no. Oh, it's like they're so sexually repressed. Like, you know, they're teenage boys, so of course they're just ready to go all the time, but then add Mormonism on top of it. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> it's a recipe for uh, premature ejaculation all over your car. I'm sorry about your car. <laughs> the point of this story though, is that I felt like I was to blame. I confessed, confessed to the Bishop on multiple occasions and just felt guilty and horrible. Oh yeah. That wasn't your fault at all. That was that was all him. <laughs> I attended the Mormon church regularly until I was 21 years old. I barely dated. I would like good guys and they would always marry someone else. The only people that asked me out were the ones not following the church standards. So it taught me to accept whoever liked me. 
I met a guy at a church dance and began dating him. After a month, he broke up with me and I felt completely horrible about myself. So, a week after my 21st birthday, I stopped going to church and started drinking. I am not sure really why, but I believed, I really believed it saved me. Oh, good. During this year, I met my now ex-husband. He was seven years older and I was naive. I really believed in true love. It was something I dreamt about as a child. I was still saving myself for marriage, although I wasn't really religious anymore and didn't really believe in God. After a year of dating, he basically gave me an ultimatum. He told me he didn't want to get married, but he wanted to have sex. I was so fearful of losing him. I started to get so much anxiety that the only love I ever really knew was going to break up with me. So I decided to have sex. I may have been out of the church, but the brainwashing was still there. I felt completely indebted to him. He asked me to move in with him, and I did. He was controlling and abusive. When I was 24 years old, I gave him an ultimatum. I said I wanted to get married or break up. He proposed two weeks later. I believed he was ready for commitment because he wanted to get married. Instead of having a long engagement, I married him in four months. I also believed I had to marry him. I truly believe that I felt this way because of growing up Mormon. I thought marriage makes everything perfect. I also felt so guilty for having sex that marriage would fix it. I already had sex and was living with someone. I was ruined and no man would want me now. It was too late to start over because I was too old. I was 24, not a virgin, and still didn't have kids. I settled. Oh, this hurts my heart. But... I relate. I mean, you're thinking you're old when you're 24, but I remember thinking that as well. Um, and the feeling that it's, it really is the, the brainwashing, it lingers because you are taught that marriage is the ultimate goal. And so when that's not happening, you feel like something's wrong with you. And then in many cases, like, Amanda, I'm so sorry. And you, you settle. And it's because you're told, like, you have more value or you're worth more if you're a wife for whatever reason. And we all know that's not true. But when you're, that's taught to you every day as a child, it's really, really hard to get over. <clears throat> okay, back to the letter. I want to backtrack a little bit and discuss my family. My brother is four years older than me and never believed in the church. My sister is seven years older than me and was always very active. My mom was very active when I was in my early 20s. Anyway, there was a lot of pressure on my family that I was living with a man and unmarried. Oh, girl. (laughs) Girl, I feel you. I finally divorced after three years of marriage. I was 27. I feel like this was when I truly began living my life. I didn't feel guilty about anything and felt like I truly loved myself. The first time I had sex on my terms was honestly magical. Aww. I didn't even love the person whatsoever. The best part is that I didn't feel guilty. Yay! (laughs) My mom is not very active in the church. She never got remarried and believes she doesn't fit in anywhere, which is true. She's also a black sheep. She is a woman that sticks up for herself and doesn't need a man, so she isn't really included, and it's sad. My sister married a Utah Mormon and had kids. We have nothing in common and nothing to talk about. It's a weird divide, and it's sad. We were very close when I was active in the church and slowly drifted apart. 
I think she really believes that I'm going to hell or maybe a middle kingdom. She will sometimes send me church articles, but never asks me how I'm doing. Ugh. So I am now 33 years old. I have been in a relationship for four years with a wonderful man. The brainwashing is basically gone, but sometimes I feel really old not having kids. I resigned from the church about six months ago. After I resigned, the missionaries came over and I started getting weird letters. I included a creepy one on this email. Oh yeah, I'll have to go back and read that note that she got. I had to threaten legal action to make it stop. Yikes. Oh man. This was long, not too long, but I feel like being raised in the church stole parts of my life that I can't get back. I want to tell my story because I want people to know that sex does not define you. Women and men are equal and never settle. Oh, and being 33 and not married is not old. Preach. Yeah, I I relate and I've struggled with all those same thoughts and feelings and yeah, the whole idea of your virginity, I'm doing air quotes, defining you and your worth and the view of, yeah, I don't have kids and I'm in my early 30s. Am I doing something wrong? But no, everyone's life is different and not everyone even wants or will have kids and everyone does things differently and everyone's way of doing things is different and perfectly fine. Um, it's crazy that you had to threaten legal action to get that to stop. I'm so lucky that I haven't been bothered in a while by missionaries. I mean, we get bothered by trolls a lot, by by Mormons who are offended by our podcast, but I don't really have any like missionaries or people from a ward trying to contact me anymore. Um, okay, so this, I'm going to read this note that she she took a photo of it's a photo card of a handwritten note and it says dear amanda wishing you a rainbow for sunlight after showers miles and miles of irish smiles for golden happy hours shamrocks at your doorway for luck and laughter too and a host of friends that never ends each day your whole life through Letting you know that I am always here for you. Please feel free to contact me at any time. I'm here to help in any way with a listening ear as well. So I think in another, in any other circumstance, that letter, that little note would be sweet, right? But when you know that it's coming to you because people are pitying you, or they're worried about you and your eternal salvation and they feel like it's their duty to reach out and like save you it totally takes the sweetness away it it kind of ruins the i guess the nice attempt there you can tell that maybe their 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 intentions were probably good at least to them you know what i mean they think they're doing something good but you can tell that it's coming from a place of like, oh, we need to get you back active into the church. <laughs> Amanda, thank you so much for sending that in. I'm so sorry about everything you had to go through and all of the shit 
you've been dealt and dealt with, but I'm really happy to hear that you're doing better, that you're in a good relationship, that you're happy with yourself. And it does suck that the church and I guess all different kinds of churches do this as well, but they can rob people of some of their idea of their self-worth and it can affect their lives negatively. But I'm really, really happy that you're doing well. Thank you for the letter. Um, if any of you listening want to send us your story, please do. Our email is not so podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and Patreon as well. Everybody have a good week. I'll talk to you later. Bye.